skills to enter book club which is what we're doing right now right we're talking about the nick telops trilogy exactly exactly right do you want to just jump right in uh yeah yeah i i i guess it would maybe like it would maybe serve us to introduce the the idea is to say i i i read half the wikipedia page so (laughs) Oh, awesome. Okay. So I, 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 I liked what I, I was reading about him. I, I guess just like first impressions. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize he was like so alive. Like, you know, I didn't realize he was living currently. I, I always just assume anything I'm reading is like from a while ago. And that's a, just obviously an ignorant way right, to this... behave, but go ahead. No, it's very morbid stuff too on the stories and his whole vibe. Like, right. I, I um, he has a book called The Conspiracy Against the Human Race that, like, a lot of <laughs> yeah. people, like, cite as, like, <laughs> suicide fuel or something. I was actually reading about some of his antinatalism, which, I again, is pretty dank. Um, I, <laughs> like, you know, I not to be, like, a, a dick, but I, yeah, I, 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 I like, flirted with the antinatalist kind of, like, you know, perspective. Um, just out of curiosity <laughs> and out of, like, also, I, I just... I'm pretty pessimistic broadly, but, um, so I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was interesting to see that just like on a Wikipedia page for like an author who wrote short stories, like, you know, <laughs> but. Right. So on that, okay, this is good. Let's just, um, on that, let's introduce like who we're talking about. This is Thomas Ligotti. Right. Um, do you want to go ahead and like, uh, share like what you read on the Wikipedia? Okay, so Ligotti has suffered from chronic anxiety and anhedonia. It's crazy having the word anhedonia on your Wikipedia page like, for, for much of his life. These have been prominent themes in his work. Ligotti avoids the explicit violence common in some recent horror fiction, preferring to establish a disquieting, pessimistic atmosphere through the use of subtlety and repetition. So that was like sort of like a good bit I saw. Um I want to find, I was reading about his anti-natalist views and I thought that was like, really like, that was like, what? I just, I don't know. If you want to look for it, I'll vamp a little bit. Um, I think it's funny that it says anhedonia. He must have like insisted it say that instead of depression. Like he feels like the type of guy to think that that's hack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've known, I think. (laughs) I think I've known that type of person, but... I'm not depressed. I'm just very honest about the way the world is. Right. It's like nothing people to do say, with my internal chemistry. Yeah. There's also like, um, th- that's how I feel a little bit about, uh, on way as much as I love saying that word, like, uh, on way when people are like suffering from on way, it's like, Oh yeah. <laughs> on way. Existing like, must be Unless so you're ex- French. Right. I'll use on to describe other people maybe, but never myself. It, I'd rather just say depression. It's really pretentious to say on away. Like it, it's it's really a masturbatory way to say you're depressed. I think it's a beautiful word. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Here's his antinatalist. Which stuff. is you know like, which I oh okay okay go ahead. No, go ahead. I I don't want to cut you off. I I feel like we were. Uh, I'll just keep it tabbed. I was gonna say I, I think it goes to show like his like his good taste too. 
But he's not saying ennui. Like, anhedonia is much more clinical. Like, it's simply the way I feel. Yeah, that's, you know, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, that's 100% true. I bet he could write about somebody experiencing ennui, but I I, I don't think, I, I, I think anhedonia would, would maybe even be too clinical for him, at least based on some of his other writing here. But, uh... Yeah, okay, so here I'm seeing, uh, I, I, I guess, the 2014 HBO series True Detective, which Big Nick has tried to make me watch like 15 times, um, <laughs> uh, um, resembled his pessimistic anti-natalist worldview. Um, I, I swear there was more that I read about this than just that, because like, where would they just pull that out of, you know what I mean? Like, but, oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I've heard that there was a lot of Ligati worship on the first season. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. It says here that um, episodes uh, by the uh, uh, philosophy espoused in the first few episodes by a character, I guess, Rust Cole. I don't, I, yeah, I've never seen this. That's the McConaughey um, guy. Uh, right, right. Sort of reflect his, like, uh, I guess, you know, written uh, examples of philosophical pessimism and antinatalism. Oh, yeah, is the, the conspiracy against the human race. Um, which. That would probably be a trip to read. Uh, maybe we'll tab that one, put that one on the Google Doc. That would be – it's probably terrible, but <laughs> uh, intense. Yeah, I've, I've thought about reading it, but it seems like just like a long-form essay or you, I guess it's a book-length like yeah. argument. Seems like it might give and... me jaw attention. <laughs> Though. The, we, I guess we listened to yeah. Homotopy for Marie, so. <laughs> but that, that but only like, took that's an, an experience. Yeah, and that only took that's like two hours. That's an experience, hours, so. and it's not just, like, with a nonfiction thing, especially one of, like, a, like a deeply pessimistic nonfiction thing, it could have, like, very beautiful things. Uh, yeah. You know, let's put it on the document. Let's put it on the document. Um, I'm, right, I'm just right. feeling like the stuff I don't agree with would just, like, make me, like kind of annoyed and the stuff i do agree with would right. have me be bummed out so like what's the like yeah, i'm no yeah, yeah. i'm not optimistic enough for it to be novel right this isn't gonna be like an outright doomer podcast we'll just flirt with it <laughs> <laughs> right off the gate yeah i mean uh, we're up to a good start like when it's, when, it's, when talking about Legati, instead of saying he was born in detroit 1957 or whatever we go straight into it he doesn't like, because the details of his birth are not as important as how he feels about people being born in general. Oh, yeah, Which yeah, is they yeah, shouldn't. Right, which is a, a wholly more interesting fact about a person than, like, uh, Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know yeah, if... Yeah, but uh, he's, like, a cool... Yeah? Mm? Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. No, I, I can't even remember what I was... You go ahead. Oh. Okay. Uh, I can barely remember either. Um, but he's an interesting figure. Like, uh, he goes like, yeah, like you were saying, like he thought he might've been like, he might as well have been dead for like the vibe he carries. Yeah. Um, right. Um, like he's got a weird place where like, I'll see like Legati referenced a lot, you know, obviously like, um, true detective guy likes to read him. Right. He has that relationship with a guy from Kurt 93. Yeah, I guess what I was good trying to get at before is that like, I've I see reference to him in in that how people like he's the 
like the he's the horror fans horror writer or the horror writers horror writer like I'll I'll people see, like people talk about him in in terms of like the debt they owe him like artistically like he's already left his mark right 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 yeah yeah I I like that I that's sort of like sort of you know like oh how would you describe it like hidden gem like uh you know the way mm-hmm. people talk about like a, a lot of like obscure musical artists that have like like fast reaching influence way beyond their like initial popularity right but, and if you're in certain circles it's like right uh i don't know like um like gospel or something <laughs> yeah so it's like if you're not you know if you're in a certain room like every, you know everyone there's listening to neutral milk hotel right exactly yeah right, right but mathematically yeah. most people haven't yeah right yeah exactly i've been i've been in i think both rooms <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i've yeah like i'm isolated enough that i have like i have no sense of like what is popular like i bought this book at barnes and noble so i figure it's somewhat known i would say most things associated with current 93 are probably moderately obscure mm. but I, I guess i don't know i you know what i mean like yeah like, there's, like, a, a layer of, like, never heard of them. There's another layer of, yeah, I've been meaning to get into that stuff. And then there's, like, the super fans. Right, right, right. I'm probably in the middle strata still. Yeah, I, I know one person who cares very passionately about that whole, like, scene. But I, you know, I'm, I, 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 it's more peripheral. All my exposure to all of that has been through, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Uh, but... And of course, then reading this now, but yeah, that's not. Oh yeah, not like tremendously. Like, like I, I, I want to definitely keep reading some of these stories. Yeah, I would like to touch on a few more. I um, so I think that. I I I think that like you know like if we wanted to like start digging into the to the meat of what we've read. Like, I, I found the second one, like, the most, like, like, complete feeling, you know? Uh, like, the, the part two of the trilogy, um, the labyrinthine eyes, which, <laughs> wait, hold on, let me pull up the actual name of it, because... Oh, no, I, I wrote it down. The oh, drink okay, to good. me yeah, with, but... drink to me only with labyrinthine eyes. Right, literal current ninety three lyrics. I, I can just hear David <laughs> saying that. I can I can just imagine it. Like it, it took me like I just blinked and there it was. But, yeah, like the titles get more and more um, get more and more like uh, 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 obscure. Right. All right. So like okay, yeah. So let's introduce it. We're reading the work of Thomas Ligotti on this here book club. Right. And we're reading uh, from his book, The Songs of Dead Dreamer. Usually that's packaged with um, another book called Grim Scribe in a Penguin publication. Uh, reading a story called the Nyctilops Trilogy. And that's three parts. That's the chemist, spelled in a funny way. It's not the chemist, it's the chemist. <laughs> the chimist. Drink to me with only... Oh, drink to me only with labyrinthine eyes and eye of the lynx. Yeah, I, I think that, yeah, the second one is probably, like, beginning to end my favorite. Um, mm-hmm. But I might have enjoyed 
more of the... I might have enjoyed the first one the most. Oh, really? See, I was going to say, I don't know that the second one is actually my favorite. I just think it felt the most complete. Uh, yeah. Like, the first one felt... I don't know that I liked it. I'll admit. I... I, I... Well, okay. Like, what... Um, Maybe, like... <sighs> So I, I went back and reread the end of it because the first time I read it, I was like falling asleep <laughs> and it was obviously pretty fucking trippy, you know? Um, and that's why I like, <laughs> you know, um, I wasn't sure if I remembered it correctly. And then I went back and read it and I was like, yeah, that's pretty close. I like, what is, what is it that is, you know, y- you interpret to be sort of occurring, like, like physically, like he sort of drugs her into this state where she is within his dreams or rather like a product of them. Like, is that, is that, am I like understanding that literally? Like, is that what's happening? Like, yeah, like, I, I guess there's, there, there's room for like, um, you know, there's, I immediately read it as like a supernatural thing. Oh uh, yeah, of course. Like something about the drug linked them so that whatever he like thought, whatever he manifested, whatever you know, whatever he dreamed to use his own language, like right, right, became right. like what her body was. Mm-hmm. But I guess there's room for it to be just like like a weird kind of hallucinogenic thing. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, I just I I yeah, it reminded me actually like a little bit Again, I guess assuming it was the first thing, it reminded me like yeah. a little bit of like like Crowley's sort of treatment of like reality <laughs> in his short stories. You know what I mean? Where it's like very like supernaturally malleable in a way that's like uh like really like novel like that. You know what I mean? Like, cause that that's a very odd, like. Yeah, there is um yeah the story the other story that we read the story we read from Crowley was the um. The Testament of Magdalene Brown. Did yeah, I get that yeah, title yeah. right? Uh, I think it's Blair, Magdalene Blair. Magdalene I'll Blair. Look it up real quick, just to like, uh, just to like confirm. I think you're right. It is, yeah. Oh, Blair. Ha. Um, right, but in the in the Magdalene Blair story, it's like about. It's about like a woman like who has like a like supernatural like uh, like perceptive abilities like she can perceive things about about the world like very clearly Mm -hmm. and then it translates into perceptions about like the state of her husband as he's dying right and like she sees like his like his soul being tortured but they spend so much time on the scientific analysis of like the limits of her perception Uh and like the possibility of intuition Right. That it's, like, it makes you wonder, like, how much is it just, like, her own, like, just, like, the only way, like, the brain can, like, fathom what it's like to die slowly mm-hmm. versus, um, the you know, like, being granted access to what it looks like to be in hell. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. literal hell. Right. And... You feel yeah, like, like the, that. The, that that thing about like the mm-hmm. way you see the world and how the world is just being like this, like having a, a porous border. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a very. Um, I think that's like a very classic, like sort of like a cult sort of, you know, concept. You know, 
And it, it kind of makes sense to me that anybody like, you know, I mean, like I, I think David Tibet was pretty clearly like heavily influenced by like, you know, like, like a many strains of like cultural, you know, folklore and that, including like, you know, like Western esotericism and the things that would have produced like Crowley, of course. Um, yeah. And I, I would assume, I would assume that Ligotti read some of the same stuff, honestly. Like I, I really would just based on the way that he writes. Um, oh Yeah. <clears throat> But I have to, mm-hmm. like, even just to do research for how the character speaks, like he speaks like a like an like a eighteenth century like a nineteenth century dandy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. the chemist. Do you want to do like a small synopsis for each story? Yeah, yeah. Um, how how do we want to do it? Uh, should like we take turns or what's the like one? Yeah. Okay. One of us? I I guess I started it. I can. I can do like a little synopsis for the chemist right now, and then when we hit, sure, we hit the next one, we can do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, like there's short stories. Like it's mostly like creating moves. So the chemist is a a story. I feel weird saying the chemist. I'm I'm trying to like be true to the way it's spelled. I hate it because it reminds me of a word for something that I I, I wish I didn't know. Um, and it's, it's not like anything relating to like chemistry. It's, it's actually like relating to poop. Um, there's, there's like a, all right, I'll I'll just, I'll just come out with it. Like it, there's this word for like, uh, like, like food that's in your like intestines that hasn't like fully become poop yet. And it's literally just chyme, like C-H-Y-M-E. And I just, I hate that word. I hate it so much. And like, the more we like focus on the why in chemist, the more it makes me think of that. But (laughs) that's, that's my only comment there. Uh, Maybe it's on purpose a little bit. I'll I'll circle back around to that. I was going to say, I, I was trying to, like, figure that one out for, like, a second, and, and I, like, couldn't find a link, but if you had, did find one, I would love to hear it. So let's, yeah, let's, um, anyway, let's, uh, let's, I guess let's continue the synopsis. <laughs> so the titular chemist introduced himself as a normal chemist with an E. He's picking up right. a sex worker at a bar, like, at a, like, a seedy part of town, and he's boring her with the most, like, condescending, like, theories about beauty and in in dark places like he has a sense of like the majesty of like of decay and like the the beauty of like uh, the hidden order of chaos in the city like him and everybody else you know like it's <laughs> like oh. right I, I know that's all i'm saying like that's a i, I <laughs> it's weird it's a weird thing that he's so pretentious you know the narrator but anyway <laughs> but everyone loves the city right 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 yeah, I get not like uh, everybody, you know what I mean, but I I, I guess it's like a common sentiment. <laughs> Maybe that sentiment's like a neutral milk hotel thing. Oh Some yeah, some people just have yeah, a. Oh, uh, like yeah. we we just like we're just around cool people who think they're a little bit cooler than that. I mean, it explores a little bit of that, I think, in the in the third in the third story, probably. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but we'll circle back to that. So yeah, so yeah, the chemist is boring this woman with his <laughs> with his theories. Yeah, yeah. He keeps teasing her about like what's in his briefcase, and they go up to her apartment where he gives her a drug that's like a powder, which mm-hmm. he describes in a cool way. Like I don't know how much into like the details, but he describes it as like bottled light or powdered light. <laughs> it's like the new Coca Cola. And Star when. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, and 
he puts on her hand and before she can even do anything, it like gets absorbed into her skin. And then he goes into like what his whole thing was that he's saying like, now I'm going to dream you and now I'm dreaming you. And he dreams her as someone who can't use her arms and legs, dreams her as someone without a mouth. Just tells him like how he's going to like make her body change in these crazy ways. Like he's a, you know, I guess it's revealed he's some kind of serial killer or something. And he's saying, like, you don't survive the process. And it ends with him telling her to bloom. He's excited about all the forms that it's going to take. Bloom is a really compelling line to end on. Yeah, I like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. It really was. I That one, I, I, when you reiterate that, like, I'm like, yeah, that was really a crazy ending. But Yeah, like, so, like, just looking at it from his perspective, he's got this, like, uh, ideal for... There's, like, a beauty that he's chasing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the way, like, someone goes out trying to get the perfect night. But it involves, right. like... So, like, someone else's body. Like, he's, like, he's, um like, really excited about how he can, like, stretch, like, the definition of a body or something. Just, like, create things that he's never seen before. Like, it's a yeah. great idea for a villain. Just, like, a pure aesthete who's medium is like other people yeah 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 it's like he's like um gosh sort of like uh like he paints with like flesh almost but Mm -hmm. but in his dreams i so the dream thing i'll admit has me a little bit like so obviously i i don't want to like ruin this i guess but like it should be noted probably that dreams are like a like a recurring theme i think in all three stories to a degree um right dreaming and sleep like the second one is like a dr caligari thing like a sonambulist yeah yeah right and then the the last yeah, one and the is third like, one has a yeah multiple references and for all we know it's the same guy right like it yeah, I, I might that not was my be, original but... theory. That was my original theory, but I don't think it is. Um, like I, that's what I ran with for the first two stories, and then I read the third, and I, I wasn't so sure. But, <laughs> hmm. but yeah, I, yeah, some like he didn't seem as condescending in the next two stories. Maybe in the third one, but they all seem to have like a the different third one kind was the of most unsettling for me. The third one was really mm-hmm. unsettling. Oh, that one was the one that's, like, the most... Like, the first one's, like, more in the moment. You only hear what he says. Uh-huh. And then the third one's, like, fully, like, in his perspective. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the first one, you're, like... It, like, le- kind of, like, pulls you in. You're wondering, like, what is this guy about? Doesn't seem uh-huh. great, but he could just be a weirdo. Right. There's a, there's a lot of things that, like, make him be a villain anyways. Like, make him be, like, hateable or... Like, the condescension, right. besides just being, like, a, a thing to add flavor, also immediately makes him unlikable, right? Oh, yeah. Well, and the thing is, like, it's such a known flavor for me. Like, I this person, I've, I, I can imagine, you know, even, like, on the surface mm-hmm. level, like... You know, it's crazy to me that, like, uh, on the inside is also somebody, like, insanely despicable to this, like, degree. You know, your typical, like, insufferable mm-hmm. person isn't, like, hiding, like, a like a, like a dream sculpting wizard, you know? <laughs> but... Dream sculpting. But, like, 
you're right exactly so but uh, it's yeah yeah he's just immediately hateable like like a like another like another gentleman who like <laughs> like like our beloved Mr. Uh, Mr. Lockwood or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Some media. Yeah, but evil. he's like, uh huh. Oh, that one's like bumbling. Like he's condescending just because I don't know. He's just so full of himself. But this guy, like the yeah, the other scary thing about it is that he has like access to a certain knowledge. Like he's. Like I, th- I think he says like he he got a he got his BS at twelve like he went to college at twelve, <laughs> like he's some kind that? of super genius. I gotta find that again. Like, um, I, I didn't remember that. Is after is another great scene that sh- pulls shows him off as a as a villain is the when he manipulates that cop into letting them go go through. Right, right, right. Like he like gives him something about like gives him some like stocks advice. Yeah, and, and it then sounds like it was just he all says, bullshit. Yeah, yeah, that's what he says. I assume by BS you mean the the degree I got when I was twelve. <laughs> <laughs> right. Otherwise, I wouldn't have that language. Oh right, yeah, I see this here. Oh my gosh. I, I at so many points she could have like probably backed out of this date. <laughs> like I would not have I would not have gotten this far into the with, with this guy. <laughs> right. Who knows? Like it's like the way that the, he paints the city, obviously through this guy's perspective. It seems mm-hmm. like it seems like the kind of thing that's like, oh, she must have seen all kinds of weirdos. Probably thinks he's just another weird guy. Right, and right, like, right. What does he do, like, to, like, but the, what he does to, like, keep her interested? Like, he makes the, like, he keeps, like, hinting at the briefcase having something very valuable. Right. So it's, like, it's a, just a jump to her and also, like, where is this going? Like, if, she, like, you know, it'd be better if she did pull out, but also, like, I'd want to know, too. Yeah, yeah, where he's yeah. going with his. That's true. I have some no survival. <laughs> I, have no survival I guess. I guess just the, if some dude was talking to me like this, it would just be so many fucking red flags. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. what I would say about yeah. that. I I don't know. Like this is like, so many red flags. The way. Like, <laughs> but go ahead. Yeah, I want to say though through the way he like manipulates the cop, like so easily manipulates someone is huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely true, too. Well, and I mean, I don't know. Like, to be able to spin a cop is, like, I don't know, man. I I guess if that's, like, a sign of insidiousness, then I'm pretty insidious because I have (laughs) definitely spun some cops. But Oh, nice. uh, Well, you know, they're just, I don't know. But there's a way. Yeah, yeah. You just, well, it's not to, like, tell give them fake stock advice. That's actually kind of maybe unrealistic not to like obviously he's a good writer i'm not like but like phony stock advice mm-hmm. I, I don't know who, what kind of cop but what i what, what i try to do is like and this works of course a little better or it would have in the past because i was like a white male you know is to just literally just talk to them like like people do you know what i mean like literally not like that they have any authority at all no, like, 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 literally, like, there's somebody who just, like, like, eats donuts and, like, watches, like, shitty television. 
And like, <laughs> because I, you know, I don't respect them. Like, why would I, why would I talk to them like anything else? Right. And because of that, like uh-huh. in a weird, stupid way, they actually kind of want that. You know what I mean? Because that makes them think that you're not a threat to them. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, this is just a person just like me. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And again, this is like, right. And this is coming from a place of privilege, at least at that, more so at that point. I'm not as cis as I, I used to be. Um, at least in terms of how <laughs> I look or whatever, you know, uh, especially in terms of how yeah. I feel. But, uh, you know, but back then I was like a, you know, like just a dude to them. So they, but I'll say like your way of like, like spinning a cop, like it's not quite manipulation because I'm sure the cop like knows just as well. Well, I sit there and I look Um, for opportunities to take advantage of though. Like anything that they say that gives me an in, I like jump on. You know what I mean? And I try to do that in a way that looks natural mm-hmm. and seems conversational and, like, just well-meaning, you know? And then from there, I just, you know, I, I just manipulate them out of... Yeah, like, I, I mean, it is manipulation. <laughs> I, I hate to say it. I mean, it's, like, it's super intentional and it's, like, motivated for that purpose. Like, Yeah, I, but I guess I, the I, difference like, in how he does it, Yeah, I guess it's just flavor. Like, you do it, like, um, establishing, like, a, a point of like similarity or like you know we're both equals in this crazy world and he doesn't like give up status ever like i'm the one who has the inside knowledge for you yeah it's very um it's very american psycho at that moment just like (laughs) just like big boss man pulls all the strings and that makes Mm -hmm. me yeah you know a better psychopath or something right i guess there is a um like there's a vampire level of like a uh, mesmerism, right? That that uh, <laughs> yeah. That like wealth can like carry with it. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I don't think like he, you know, I don't think Legati's like trying to say anything about society, but he's like picking out like these things that like make for like more compelling villains. Just like picking out like these cool things that make it a uh, right. Like these interesting flavors. Yeah, but there's um flirting with wealth too in the next photo in the next um in the next story too that's true uh, now that you pointed out we from minute one he compares his eyes to gemstones that's to say nothing of course of like the literal elaborate party but it's interesting uh-huh. that he does that and then never follows up with like the magic that his eyes specifically seem to convey it's like only relevant for a couple minutes <laughs> though it introduces him as like uh-huh. a really intimidating hypnotist I assume we're just like sort mm-hmm. of working our way into the second one now. Um, yeah, I guess I can summarize it. Oh, wait. Yeah, um, if I... we, if we, before we lose that thread, I want to say like a couple uh-huh. things on the on the chemist. Yep. Um, like one thing, I guess like in the chemist, like it is like a literal. Like we can then like go back and compare them too. Oh, of course. Um. But I want to say something about the the Kim. Oh, it's like the the manipulation, like changing, like manipulating people and like contorting their bodies. Like there's a there's a rhyme there. That's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And throughout the story too, like the way he condescends oh, yeah. is he's almost also trying to like teach her something. Like he wants her to see the world the way that he does. 
Yeah. Which is what makes him so insufferable to me, especially like I, maybe it's just like uh, something I perceive about the, like the mansplaining or something. I, I just switch and, and like, I don't know. I mean, like if I'm interested in something, I'll let a dude talk to me about it forever. That said though, like, I don't want anybody to sit there and like, like, ha ha ha, I'm a lady, like come over to my cringe ass worldview. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, that's not like super nuanced analysis, but <laughs> But yeah, sometimes like it's like not even like trying to like inspire the feeling in her, but trick her into thinking that she always had it. Like right, exactly, right. you could say it like this pit, but it's decrepitude, which has your pit in it. Right, right, right. right. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. Oh, yeah, like he's like so. Um. I know there's more stuff to to dig in. I want to say more, like my thing for maybe like the uh, Kaim, the whatever, like the middle poop. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thing. Um, like he talks about like the true chemistry. Like he talks about the great chemists and the true chemistry of the world not being like what the alchemists thought of things going to a higher realm of leaded to gold and uh-huh. things striving for high nature, but like um. The great chemistry of decay, <laughs> of like making things be, you know, like breaking down and becoming new through their disintegration. Oh. Yeah, food becomes poop. That's true. You know, I could riff on that actually. Uh, I I didn't connect this until you sort of said it, but like, uh, are you familiar with like the Agori? I think that's mm-hmm. like I think they come up in Twin Peaks, but that's like a a group of like Indian like uh, spiritual Hindus of some sort that like really like are mm-hmm. like just deeply focused on like death. You know what I mean? They uh, they oh. sort of like coat themselves in ash. You know what I mean? And and the reason is like they they um each agori carries with them like a skull. You know what I mean? Like a human skull. Uh, I, I'm pulling up pictures oh. right now. I, I I would send them to you in the Google, but I, I feel like you could just Google them too. Um, it's A G H O R I. Okay, let me look. They at um they like hang out and are you familiar with that or? Never, I, I've seen Twin Peaks, but I guess I didn't. Um, yeah, it's real. I didn't it's ever, real like thing. it didn't like register something in Google. Yeah, so they um oh. they have like. They're they're very realistically like um, obsessed with death as like a uh, as like a spiritual part of life. The only uh, the only thing I had to say is that I just heard about them from a Muslim Gaza album. I, that's all. There's a um, Muslim Gaza album that like uses uh, samples from a documentary about them. And that's that's what got me reading initially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all. There could be like even a bit in the story that we might have missed somewhere where like. He might, where he says, like, agoric fantasies or something. Like, there seemed to be a lot oh, of, like, yeah, illusions yeah, yeah. thrown around. Yeah, there were. And I, unfortunately, when I initially read it, I, I like I said, I was a little, like, half half awake. And if I had, like, uh, probably, like, more time to devote to that. Like, I, I know enough about, like, probably, the, like, some of the alchemy he's referencing to, like, probably have more to say on it. I, I really should have reread the whole story, uh, to be honest. But time was a factor.
Alright, so, uh, do we want to, like, sort of, like, lead back into... Yeah, we got some ground to cover. Hmm. Yeah, so, you know, we've, like, got this lovely hypnotist at a at a sort of posh party. Uh, seems to be, like, a, you know, like an elegant affair. There's quite a few people there. Um, and the first thing we find out about him is that his eyes resemble, like, sort of gemstones in a, in, in a way that seems to be, like, a little bit more than just your typical, like, oh, your eyes are so pretty. They're, like, gemstones kind of a way. Like, they, uh, it's almost a little freakish, you know? Um, mm-hmm. We also quickly find out that he has this dainty uh, sort of assistant, which sort of fits, you know, with maybe that sort of stereotype of, like, the magician and the assistant, I you know? I'm not sure what era this takes yeah. place in, but anything with hypnotists and dinner parties just seems very like like vaudevillian to me. But um, <laughs> but like I I, I don't know. It, it, it's not really clear. I guess they have an electric doorbell, but that comes up later. So um, yeah, you know, like definitely like so, post like definitely post like 20th century because like like 1890s it would have been a seance at that time. Right? That's it so been... true. That's so true. That's so true. Anyway, they loved that uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. They did. Honestly, it seems like a good time. Maybe a future podcast. <laughs> uh, but uh, so essentially, he performs his act for this group of people, uh, you know, and he seems to do a pretty good job. Uh, you know, the main act appears to be, you know, not so much uh, his hypnotism of the crowd, at least initially. But instead, his uh, manipulation of his somnambulist, which, as I think you mentioned earlier, sort of calls back uh, some of that uh, doctor, uh, cabinet of Dr. Caligari kind of vibes. Like, did you even just see that word again? Just gave me flashbacks to that movie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, because somnambulist, that's like, even you just don't hear that word contemporarily. It's not like a word people use. Uh-huh. I, what's sort of striking is is about his manipulation of this assistant slash somnambulist is sort of the way he talks about it, in my opinion. Like, he's very creepy, just like the guy in the first story or maybe the same person. He's very creepy. Like, it, like he seems to very much get off on the manipulation of her. Um and also the crowd to a degree, though it's not at any point implied that he has very much control over them. Actually, at one point in his show, he sort of focuses their attention on, um, you know, her, this, uh, you know, this somnambulist and sort of has her strike a pose, like a star pose, which I think is a reference probably to some occult thing. I'd have to get I'd have to get the books out. But um, I bet there's a diagram. Then, yeah, that's what I'm saying, because he then commands her to sort of take on, like, an aspect of, like, a seraphim, you know, like an angelic aspect, which uh, the crowd doesn't yeah. seem to really catch on to. Oh, yeah, no, it's interesting, like, he was, like, disappointed, like, that was, like, his favorite part of the show, it seemed, and it didn't really take. Right, right, but I, I question that um, it didn't take. I, I, I'm a little, like, I don't know, because of what happened later on, obviously, um, but anyway... So he closes the show out with this sort of very cryptic um, foreshadowing where he says, uh, you know what, again, like, I guess I guess it doesn't serve me to tell you that it's foreshadowing. But he says, uh, you know, um, you will awaken at the sound of the chime, you know, which is like a classic, like, you know, hypnotist thing to Mm. say, you know, he then proceeds to be very creepy for maybe 30, 40 more minutes. 
uh, as the party <laughs> sort of resumes its normal pace. Like he's sort of, you know, he's watching his somnambulists like in, uh, intermingle with the party guests. And it is um, very, yeah, again, it's very unsettling the way he sort of describes her as this like sort of flailing, like sleepwalking thing, like this, uh, this bimbo under his control, almost like this, this is stupefied, like, you, you know, like, f- yeah. Um, he describes the way that she, you know, like, like dances with people, um, sort of speaks with various people at the party, interacts with them. And again, he's watching this voyeuristically from a distance and it's, it's, it's really fascinating the way he's able to describe this. It's super creepy. Um, but he describes the way she like looks, mm-hmm. the, the way she chooses a drink. And then he even like, so goes so far as to sort of like, uh, demean the way that she orders a drink as like an act of thoughtlessness you know what i mean which i was like oh she makes go ahead yeah there was like um i think i know that the 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 scene like i guess like one thing i want to throw in is that like most of it like he's addressing it to her right like oh my sweet like they don't know what you see and yeah yeah and it's like he like she looks at the bottles as if she's trying to wake up from some kind of dream, but you won't. Right. right, and then her choice in drink is based like less on you know a rational thought and more on like a vague impression of the bottle and its shape. You know what I mean? Like which again seems uh-huh. to reduce uh, this apparent woman to like you know some like lesser faculty in a way. You know at least in his eyes, and the way he like it's. <laughs> what this author has done well to me is like really fuse like what I feel like is authentically creepy misogyny into like genuine horror a little bit and and yeah like yeah. from a feminine perspective that's super fucking scary it's super fucking scary a little bit you know but anyway yeah um, like that one's even scarier than the first one cause like the first one is like luring someone in but there's a person that's totally like in his oh, control yeah. in a way that right like well, it, it, it's clear you, like in those moments where like, Mm-hmm. third one spooked the third one spooked me the most but we'll get to that oh <laughs> yeah. i guess i get worse and worse <laughs> yeah 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 the third one scared the shit out of me though but um but, but yeah uh anyway did you have was that it or was there should i um no no keep going keep going okay okay so, i'm sure um, there was but we'll re- i'm sure it'll come up in the conversation yeah 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 because uh so um essentially like the dancing with this with this woman begins to get more and more you know like like people are getting drunk the party's getting loud everybody's dancing and and uh at this point our our narrator here decides that it's time for him to make his escape if you will like he's he's done with the party you know uh but he at no point does he sort of mention bringing this woman with him he's it's clear he just sort of wants to dip and I, I, at first I kind of thought like he was just trying to sneak off and get something done, maybe come back, you know, but that's not the case. Uh, he, he leaves and he promptly seemed to just, seems oh, to no, just no, first, the... uh-huh. before oh, he leaves, he, uh, he talks to the child. Oh fuck. I forgot about that. Holy shit. How did I forget about that? Okay. <laughs> yeah. That was a really important bit, but anyway, so at one point in his wanderings about this house, he encounters this child. Uh, I think it's at the top of the stairs, you know, and this child is clearly uh-huh, the parents yeah. of the, yeah, of the children of the, you know, uh, this, this is the child of the, you know, the host of the party, you know, 
Yeah, no, I was like, that was, that's such a, like, to be a kid looking into, like, what the adults are doing and they're, like, getting drunk and, like, enjoying things that you just don't understand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and making passes at, at, at women and, yeah, just, yeah, it's, like, the, it's beyond your, I remember being that child yeah. in a way. Of course, my parents were a lot tamer than any of this kind of shit. <laughs> yeah, to me, like, yeah, to me it was, like, uncles, like, listening to Pink Floyd very loud. That's actually kind of dank. I would have rather <laughs> had that. So, um, you know, this this hypnotist sort of being up to no good, as is evident at this point, seems to sort of want to feel out this little boy um, in terms of like what he has seen and how much he knows. And at this point, we don't know anything. So it's not clear what he's really driving at, you know, um, mm-hmm. the. The questions he asks seems to, like, uh, one, lead you to believe that he, he is immediately trying to, like, gain uh, hypnotic or manipulative control over this boy for the sake of his own ends, of course. And 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 two, that he's also just sort of prying uh, for information. Uh, but ultimately, uh, you know, he asks the boy what he thinks of the woman below, you know. And the boy responds uh-huh. that the w- woman looks uh, gross, you know? Yucky, I think. <laughs> right, as a child would say. Um, and, and from uh-huh. this, I, I, I think our hypnotist is in some way able to surmise uh, that this child has not witnessed his show and is not under the effects of his, you know, whatever hypnotic spell he, he seems to, it mm-hmm. seems to be implied that he has put over everyone. Now, this is where it's kind of like, because to think about that, at no point did anybody seem particularly compelled by his show other than what he did with his somnambulist uh, in the first place. But I, I guess everything that was important occurred before maybe we started watching is, is sort of what I what – I, but I, we'll circle back to that. Uh, yeah, but it turned out that her beauty was part of – like that was part of the trance was how beautiful she was to everyone. That's true. Everybody was sort of deeply you know, enthralled in this. Um, they all want to take turns and, dancing with her afterwards. Right, right. Well, and uh, it, it should be noted, I, th- I think actually in the beginning of the story, the narrator uh, speaks a bit about hypnotism and about his own experiences and why he doesn't really seek to be entranced himself. Uh, and it's because he thinks it's too easy for a door to be uh, like a trap door to be thrown open once you have been lured into that sort of like vulnerable state. Oh, yeah. And, I actually, that is really, um, well, I'll talk more about this later, but that's actually really true, I think, probably, um, with, well, no, anyway. He surmises that this boy is not under his spell, right? And he proceeds to, I believe, if I recall correctly, sort of put the boy under some sort of spell where he essentially sort of, you know, through either force or uh, more hypnotism, coerces the boy to just go back to bed, close the door, and shut the fuck up until morning, no matter what he sees or hears, you know? Um, uh-huh. So at this point, uh, he does leave. Uh, you know what I mean? And on his way out, he, he seems to, like, slip around to the front and ring the doorbell. Is that is that the, is that the, uh, is that the, the timing one? Because it seems like it'd be, like, damn close. But anyway, with the ringing of the doorbell, um, the illusion is broken. You know, as the, when the chime rings, you will awaken. Uh, the party guests realize that the uh-huh. somnambulist that they have been falling all over is is a corpse. <laughs> and a pretty gross one, evidently, from the way he described some of the, of uh, you know, some of the stuff yeah, dripping like off of Yeah, like sunken eyes. 
Yeah, oh yeah, she's also gooey. Like it's gonna be on their clothes and stuff. Right, right. She's leaking goo, and 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 they've been perceiving her as beautiful this whole time, and that's part of their uh, hypnotic spell. And and that's actually really in contrast to uh, like obviously they are you know during the show she was already beautiful to them, but during the seraphim spell or whatever, where her beauty was supposed to be sort of symbolically at its peak nobody really gave a shit yeah which is sort of an interesting you know the way her beauty is used throughout this is an interesting uh an interesting thing yeah and like the thing they were interested in was like him snapping her neck and like stabbing her with swords oh yeah violence yeah i I did forget to mention that yeah they like the sort of classical magician tricks like the you know the sawing in half i I don't think he did that one literally but that's sort of that type of gag Uh uh-huh oh yeah 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 the only thing i saw i I thought just like just like show stuff and Uh i thought that the sword and the snapping was just like tricks but then when Uh it's like revealed it as a corpse he's actually snapping her neck like that's not illusion he's actually probably snapping her. that's a it's it wow okay it's uh, damn okay all right i didn't even like which is like uh, it's so brutal (laughs) (laughs) yeah i didn't even like i didn't even like put that together that's funny no that was that's like that's definitely something that comes up later because he does just like he does the show throws it away and it's such a cliche thing does he write that in the book but it does does show i must have like i must have like read right over the fact that that was all real but (laughs) but it makes sense that it would be says that it's all real uh-huh. I, I like I like the inference that it is. I, I didn't even like it. It didn't cross my mind. I'll be honest. But now that you say it, I'm like, oh, that like adds this like entirely new element to how mm-hmm. shocking that story is. Because it's like he's like he's got no like regard for that corpse. Seems he's gonna leave the corpse behind anyways. He gets the corpses by like sneaking into hospitals <laughs> or graveyards. Very uh, very uh, Yoshikage Kira vibes. Who who's that? Oh my god, do you watch JoJo? Have you seen JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? I have, but I guess I'm like, I don't, I don't remember that character. Oh, is he the serial killer from season? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he has this sort of like half love, half uh, flippancy towards the like hands of his victims that he carries around, if, if you recall. Like, he both loves them yeah. and is grossed out by them and eventually throws them away in favor of, like, a new victim, you know? like Uh-huh. Yeah, that is, like, a very, like, Ligotti villain thing. Like, the, like these guys, like, they have, like, this romance about what's beautiful and at the same right. time, like, total disdain, like, total, like, they don't care about the victim at all. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. That duality of, yeah. That's exactly, yeah, I, I can't, that's a really good comparison. I'm glad I, glad that emerge from my ass yeah, like, <laughs> it yeah. was birthed from your ass it bloomed yes right yeah uh, the, the chemist is at work again the rose of madness <laughs> blooming <laughs> from my ass right. yeah it's like 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 the details about it, like there's some like dark imagery like there's some dark ideas but like the way it all comes together to just reveal like how fucked up the guy is I, that's a, an idea for a story I, I would have never that fits no archetype of a horror narrative I've ever heard before you know what I mean and for in that reason I was like well this is like a wholly new narrative to me in terms of like, like this guy <laughs> tricked everyone into thinking a, a, a corpse was a living woman for 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 
kicks. Just, like that's insane. That is a, <laughs> right. That is insane. That's a. I'm, I, they should make. They should adapt that new horror movie because I think it would actually be kind of original. You know. <laughs> oh yeah. I wonder if Ligotti's like weird about rights because. I guess the closest Ligotti's been to being on screen is him being ripped off for True Detective. Oh yeah, good point. Was that an homage or was that him being ripped off? Um, my understanding is that it's very heavy homage. Like, oh, uh, okay, so it's a little bit. It's maybe a little cringe, even. Yeah, I've heard people who are very into Ligotti be like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, no, it'd be cool. I think like a lot of it could be like cool for adaptation it'd be tricky because like the the, like these stories this batch like they gain a lot from the narration it's interesting now that you mentioned that all all three of these stories are just Mm -hmm. narrated by the villain in that exact same way um you know even beyond just like the fact that the guy is so similar the fact that the stories are so similar i guess that's why he probably clumped them together but uh huh, yeah. They're all like addressed to the to the victim. Oh yeah, that too. They are exceptionally. I mean, I, I will say, as like a collection of things that we've read, they are exceptionally rapey as a trio. But this this was like all seemed to be like psychology of a rapist, like every single story, like which is I, I don't think that was a bad thing. I don't mean to like criticize it in that respect. Like I, I'm sure that would make it hard to read for a lot of people, but you know, not me, yeah. evidently. Um. <laughs> But it, it, yeah, but I think that's what makes it so spooky, though. I mean, it really gets to me because it's so like, you know, it's so, yeah, it's so like on the nose for like violent male misogyny. like. Yeah. And like the third one, I guess is a really good, I don't know if you want to say anything else about this. Like the third one's like when he goes mask off completely. Yeah. Let's cover some brief points and then you can summarize it. Yeah. The third one. Pretty, I, I, uh, yeah, it just like starts off like I guess it's also like, our first view of what he might be seeing from from outside because he references he references in the news that there are like goth girls disappearing, and right. he just says like people don't understand my work. It, there's so much more to it than that. Right. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. then we follow him on a night of like doing that, and he's talking about his victim, and he's saying like he's been saving this one. Or, yeah. or you know, but it's addressed to her so like, i've been saving you for last and it's because and it's because he thinks that she has some appreciation for what he's like that's like the sick it's like the first one going back to the first one like he thinks like it's like the the, the rapist thought isn't just like i'm gonna make you do these things it's you want me to do these things to you even if you don't know it yeah god that is what it is that's why it's so effective too like the, the not like obviously rapist, but like that's why the horror is so effective. Mm-hmm. Because he, cause yeah, he it's like oh, it's so insidious. Right, right, right. Um. Yeah, so he's been saving this one victim who works at some kind of like um like BDSM bordello thing. Yeah. Like some kind of weird le- leather club. Yeah, so so his victim is working like it seems like she's like reception. Like he goes in, and like they describe like like he's been eyeing her so much, or like that like the way he describes it, he has a thought like so what's first or something, and then she asked the question, after yeah. like after he had the thought, 
Yeah, and that was creepy. To him, it's yeah. like vindication of how... <laughs> how ready he is to, like, yeah, do what he's about to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how much is, you know, how much he's fooling himself, how much he's, like, like in her head. And, like, we'll go into that later. Because he yeah, seems to yeah. he seems to think he knows her better than she does. Because, um, like, she's going to, like, guide him around. She asks, like, are you from here? He says he's from out of town. Doesn't really give any details. Just from a... Just not even, not even on the map where he's from. Right. Um, and she's going to, like, guide him to, like, where to go. And he says, like, she's, like, per- like um portraying like a like a false confidence she gives some false steps and then goes then moves forward and she's mm-hmm. wondering if he's like new at this if he's gonna like check in out because it's some like real hardcore stuff so they they do a tour through the place he notices like details in the in the room like a lot of the stories like the ambiance of the place that they're going into like he notices a stained glass win like a like a window that doesn't go to anything but a drawing of a castle, and he appreciates how spooky it is. And the castle's gonna be part of it later, weirdly enough. And they go through and they see like different scenes of people doing their their BDSM fantasies. One like is like a man is like naked and acting like a horse while a woman rides him another is a bunch of people in a like in an empty room with a very dim candle and they're all holding knives but not quite cutting each other yeah that sounds so fucked up i just like have a hard time imagining (laughs) what the kink is there (laughs) but anyway go ahead ahead. yeah like the sexual what's the sexual (laughs) angle It seems yeah, like a vibe. Like, all those rooms seem like a vibe. Yeah, well, I, I the hunchback uh, one kind of, yeah. I don't want to, like, oh. you. No, no, I'm glad you said it because I was, like, blanking out. Like, I knew there was a third one that... And, yeah, that like, the way he sees them isn't just... The way he sees them isn't just, like, seeing, uh, like, seeing through the door. He's, like, he somehow knows what's behind the door without right. looking. Because he describes what's on like, the door in many cases, like the outside of the door. Oh, how was that? Um, I, I the only thing I remember because it was obviously really jarring was that the uh, the hunchback door had a swastika on it, and I was like trying to connect the hunchback. Oh the yeah. But I I I couldn't do that. Yeah. I yeah I wondered like oh is it just the. Is it the pre-Nazi swastika? Is it just part of the leather thing? I mean, I think if it's a BDSM thing, it's probably the swastika swastika. Because they did a lot of that, like, uh, <laughs> I, th- I think a lot of those leather kinksters have, like, a little bit of, like, a SS officer kind of, like, like outfit kind of mm-hmm. kink, too. Do you want to give it a shot at, like, why? Is it, do you think the swastika is there just for flavor? I, the only thing that I can think is that, like, uh, yeah, yes, I, yes, and no. I mean, is it there for flavor? Yeah, like for sure. But is it? Is there like anything deeper there? I mean, the only thing I can think is that, like, the dude in the room is like a hunchback, and his like particular fetish seems to be focused primarily on like begging for satisfaction. You know, 
which is it's just like the idea of this like master slave relationship and and then the idea of like um you know like one of them just being like inherently inferior like there's that awful line that yeah. kind of made me like like pucker or something like that like cringe a little bit that was like uh does the the hunchback not also deserve his fun like this like little begging groveling thing is is the fetish you know and i guess if you're into that you know what i mean you could start start to like i you could start to see where like I fetishizing these authoritarian figures might come from. Mm-hmm. And the Nazi, yeah, the tw- yeah, like um, being looked at in that way of like mm-hmm. power coming from full like disgust. Because uh, yeah. it's it's a fake. I think he says like it's probably a fake. Um, it's probably a fake hunchback, and I think he has some other deformity that was fake. So, I, I mean, I, I do think that there's something there. Um, I, I, I don't know whether, like, he would admit that or not, like, the author. I, I feel like maybe not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I do think that there is something there, probably. It is, like, a dark psychological thing. But either way, the yeah, I don't know if Legati sees something there. There's definitely stuff to mine there, for sure. But to the right, right. narrator, that's nothing. That's baby stuff. He thinks that's, that's like, oh, uh, yeah, actually yeah. holding his victim back that's not the true darkness that she's looking for and i don't know if darkness is the word he would use but that's not the true transgression that he's looking for right 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 and then they go into it so (laughs) yeah go ahead so now i guess i should have said it before like he know like the part of what he realizes about her that he knows better than she does is that she has this private conception of herself as some kind of like a woman in a nunnery that was taken away by an evil baron with glitter eye with glitter eyebrows and now she's and now she's back she's trying to like reclaim bits of her former life and so like and then like this fantasy bleeds into to the role play that i guess she thinks she's giving the the killer which is that she's a witch and he's a puppet and at it went right into that of like, you know what a puppet, like a bad puppet does is we, we throw him into the fire and he says that it was the puppet, the the puppet would have smiled, but would have, it would have been sweating. At first I thought she was just like throwing a puppet around. I wasn't, re- I wasn't, or a mannequin. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I figured out pretty quick that he was the puppet. But it, there was some like ambiguity and the way it was written. Mm-hmm. and to like like it being li- like literally like he's described as literally a puppet he says he would be sweating but he's a puppet so he's not sweating it kind of reminds me of like going back to the chemist too like the body transforming uh yeah yeah oh just like the power of the fantasy but this is seen like more clearly just that and then it says oh right. but maybe he was sweating because he's glistening in the eyebrows and okay. then he like takes control of the fantasy and like kind of like plays a role of that eyebrow man who kidnapped her in her dream or in her whatever former life and she's like how do you know about that that's when like that's when he goes to use a phrase again that's when he goes mask off again and he like pulls her into his body like there, I'm not. I'm not really sure what exactly what it is. Like he pulls her into his into his body or something. Yeah, yeah. He like eats her to be like, like with his stomach. Uh huh. 
which is like apparently he's done this before. It's like they describe like a weird like metaphysical way. Then he's gonna really be able to play with her once she's inside him, and eventually she'll like dissolve or something. Right. Um. It ends with him walking out, and a drunk sees like her hand come out of his chest. Right. And then attempt to escape before she goes back in. He says it wasn't a real attempt, which is part of the thing. Like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm editorializing here. I'm thinking it might have been a real intent. Right, right, right. But you know, he's in this thing. Like he does, or you know, even more sinister. Like he's tapping into like whatever darkest, like self-destructive urge, like that people might have. Yeah, I. Yeah, there's a lot in this one for me, probably there's like a whole lot going on with like the dynamics of dominance and submission in general. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like for a minute at one, it's implied that she's essentially like playing as like a, as like a dom, you know what I mean? Like it's not her like actual self. She does this for like money or for performance, you know? And Uh she's like waiting patiently to flip the script on her. And this like really like, Again, looking at it again from that sort of, like, this guy's, like, sort of rapey perspective, like, he just waits until this, like, this moment to flip it on her. And he, again, he has this sort mm-hmm. of supernatural knowledge of whatever her fantasy is. I, the thing with the the barrenness and the, the glittering eyebrows, I'll, I'll admit, I, I that, to me, I wish we could get, like, a more clear picture of what the deal is with that. Because I'm not sure, I was like, is that her past life? Is this a dream she has? Is this just like a fantasy that she thinks about when she falls asleep and touches herself? You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I would believe any of the above. You know what I mean? Like, but it was never clear yeah. like, what, you know? Um, uh-huh. So, but it's clear that whatever it is, it, it like cuts like right into her fucking core. You know what I mean? Because it makes her yeah. sort of crumple into him, which I... I you know what I mean? Like, again, like, something about this, I think, for me, is especially horrifying, just because, like, I, I obviously, I am sort of, like, a, a gothy, submissive, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's just like, narrow casting. Was, like, trying to write, like, a, like, a fucking, yeah, I felt a little bit singled out, you know what I mean? Um, the way he, like, plays on her exact, like, um, her needs actually like uh like like what um what she needs out of like uh like in order to feel like like she's submitting emotionally like the way that he gets her to do that just to like eat her is so fucking insane dude i I was like oh my god like and that's when i was i I think i was sort of marveling at like how recent of a writer legati was because it's like i don't know like you know no, no other authors that we wrote about could have like really like enunciated like um like like uh like like oh yeah this kinky submissive goth bitch just you know that's like not something that like, could have put into words you know what i mean like, like but that's a stereotype that exists very that's true like the bdsm like subculture right it's it's something that exists very much in like our contemporary reality like the idea of like goth girls and like a bdsm things like that but it's not something that exists in most you know even stephen king like i don't think he would be like oh yeah this goth this goth bitch who likes to be spanked like you know <laughs> right that's a little too and it's a little too new even for him i think but in his cocaine era he might have included one or like there might be a goth girl or two but in a purely right. like 
um, vanilla objectification kind of way. Right, right, right. Yeah. There's like, I remember like in like in it, and in The Shining, it's he got weirdly horny sometimes. Oh yeah, I I've heard that the book of The Shining is insane at the end. Like I think it ends with them all <laughs> fucking or something. Like it's it ends in an orgy. I'm pretty sure. I, I, that's it at the end that. of book one at the end of book one when they're kids like they all fuck so that they'll forget the clown or something wait are you kidding that's that's what it is yeah in part one it's yeah it's like if there's a kid orgy at the end of part one of it what the what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> next i never week. got that far um, so i'm not sure how he contextualizes it to so next week we're reading it and <laughs> No, I'm kidding. And we'll we'll not be doing that. We will not be doing that. And we'll skip ahead, and also stop reading. After. Right. I watched the It movie. Go ahead. No, no orgy. They, they just held hands. I think. Oh okay. Yeah, because I watched the the original uh, movie, not the remake, around Halloween. You know, the the mini series or whatever, the really long one. It was good, honestly. I kind of enjoyed it, but. Um, yeah, that's all, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> no, uh, no further points. <laughs> yeah, to me, it's just, like, childhood memories. To me, it all worked as, like, I don't know what it would be like revisiting it. I remember, like, I remember we went to the theater at one point to see if we could get tickets for it. And we walked in there and we were like, can we get tickets for it? And it quickly became this, like, terrible who's on first kind of bit. Where it was like, you want tickets for oh. it? Come and on. <laughs> like, yeah, can we see it? And they were like, yeah, it. And they were like, yeah, can we see it? And they were like, it, yeah, it. And it was just like, all right, so everybody shut the fuck up and stop saying it, please. Like, See, that wouldn't have happened if it was called the Nyctalops trilogy. That's true. Nobody probably would have seen it that... if it was called the Nyctalops trilogy. <laughs> what is a Nyctalops? Can we look that word up? Yeah, look it up. I want, I'm not, I don't get it wrong. I think I think seeing in the dark or seeing at night. A uh, person affected by Nyctalopia. Nyctalopia is night blind, blight, night blindness. Now, what is night blindness? Night blindness. Does not seeing it. Yeah, so it's it's at night. Like if the light is low or like not there, your eyes seems like your eyes don't adjust. Is what it is, something like that. That's interesting, because you would think these these narrators would feel. At least, like, they would identify as being the very opposite of that. Oh, yeah, like predators or something. Like, literal carpuscular, like... Crepuscular. Yeah. Crepuscular. Crepuscular. Cut <laughs> <laughs> that out, too. Um, okay. That's probably fine. In in The Chemist... I don't know if I keep going... I don't know why I go, go back... I think... I guess, like, that one is, like, the most where a character's, like, laying down, like, their worldview... Yeah, that's true. Um, but he talks about, and so there's the effects of the worldview, but he talks about, like, seeing, um, seeing, like, a marquee or something that says, like, nightly pleasures or, like, nightly shows or something. Right. And how the meaning transforms from being every night to being, to, like, that, to nightly describing something, like, pertaining to the night. Oh yeah, yeah. That's interesting. That does tie but into it's... the uh, 
Like, yeah. But, like, is it, like, his victims not adjusting? Is to him, like, the rest of the world Nick Talops? I guess that must be it. I mean, the people at the party certainly are. I don't think, I guess it's not very deep to go into, like, either or. But the other option is, like, if the narrators here are the Nick, Nick Talopian people. Mm-hmm. Um, or person, if it's the same person. And it's like, um, like maybe like naturally we just like adjust to like dark realities. Oh yeah. But like you, you know, but the real fucked up shit is when you see things for how they are. If, so if they're the Nyctalops, uh, it could be like implied that we do, we are not in the sense that we can see them for what they are. That's true. Like we see through, like we can see in low light well enough to identify these characters as villains. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Like he, these, these almost are just like artists, or chemists, or yeah, just like singular people. I wanted to ask you. I think we went through this. So I think that's the story of Eye of the Lynx. I want to ask you. Do you think there's anything to the title, like the other ones, like the chemist, like very straight? You oh. know, there's a chemist man. Right. Uh huh. Um, Labyrinthine eyes. I think he describes eyes as labyrinthine at some point. He, d- he does it twice, uh, but only once directly. This, this, the second one is direct, and he's talking about her sunken eyes, but the first time he's talking about his own eyes, and he just doesn't say labyrinthine, you know what I mean? He just says, I, I have crazy-looking uh-huh. eyes. But the way that they're gemstones, like, <laughs> yeah, they went... is, is clearly, like, you know, like, maze-like, but like, entrancing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what was what was yeah. the other? Oh, the name of the... It was called, like, Lynx Eyes, right? This new one? The third yeah, one? Yeah, I have the Lynx... Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know how to parse that really, to be honest. I mean, it, it, it seems like, like it would have been an apt name for the previous one as well. Like it just seems interchangeable. Like, yeah, the only thing I can, I'm all, yeah, I'm all, I'm concerned that this is too literal. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because I half suspect he just needed a title. <laughs> he just needed a title. Oh yeah. Right. Uh, maybe just like links as like you know a a predator. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking. Like, it's got the predatory implication. Part of his thing is his ability to perceive so well. He yeah. knows what's behind each of the doors. And he uh-huh. knows, like, what's in her head. And maybe it's, like, calling... Like, maybe it's, like, the voyeuristic aspect of what he's doing. Uh-huh. Right. Well, that certainly, like, ties into the night... <laughs> Sorry, Nyctalopia, sort of. Oh, yeah. They're not in the way that not That's the way true, that like, last insinuating. He d- it definitely implies that he is not Nyctaloptic, but, uh, you know, the, his victims would appear to be. Like, there's one big through line in, like, the way we see the world. Like, the chemist, like, insists on this romantic interpretation of, of the world, seeing it in terms of, like, these dark systems and right like the the hypnotist like he like you know that one's like clear like clear like he's making people see things in one way he wants them to see and appreciate the angelic corpse like the 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 angelic part of the corpse show right and i have the links is like it's it, it that one is like so dark and like so invasive oh yeah spookiest one for sure but that one's like he's not like 
he's not um like make he's not making someone else see something he's like bringing out the darkness in other people like noticing the darkness in other people like yeah yeah that's true i guess like i'm there's something with the chains maybe how they fall off maybe she didn't want to remember the eyebrow man yeah glittering eyebrows is such a weird would be the descriptor i'd go yeah for sure that's like at at least that's unique yeah that's true i mean i i don't even know what that could mean you know what i mean like i it just it's hard for me to i guess other than like as you said earlier like sweat on his brow like that's the only thing i could think of but I think doesn't he doesn't the story say like the Baroness like puts glitter on his eyebrows? Isn't there like imagery of literal glitter? Oh on shit! I have to read it again. I it could have said that. I I got so lost when they started talking about Baronesses and eyebrows that I had to like three <laughs> times. I was like, wait, what? Like yeah, that one was like structurally like all over the place, like a little messy. Uh, yeah, I'll admit, I, I felt a little bit that way about the first one, too. Like, when he first says, like, oh, see, you've snorted a drug, and now I'm dreaming you. I was like, I, I'm, what? I thought I was dreaming, because I was, like, half awake when I read it. I was like, oh, I, I've clearly fallen asleep, and, and what I'm reading now in this story is not the real story. This is just nonsense. But, uh, which is kind of funny, kind of an authentic way to read it. <laughs> but <laughs> Right, in this, like, in-and-out thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Those two are definitely more ambiguous and weird yeah. about reality and perception. Yeah, the well, second one a, is very explained. A lot of Crowley in that, like I think Crowley is a lot of. We should read the drug because it's really short. Maybe we should just tack it on to whatever we read for next week. We should actually read the drug because it's only like a page or two. Um, oh, okay. And just tack that on. But okay, yeah, we'll put that on. That's something to anticipate, Sorry. a little bit of the drug talk, and then, yeah. Uh, oof. Okay. Now, now we gotta. Now this is the. Now we gotta sign out. Yeah, we do. All right. So, uh, that was our <laughs> first attempt. Um. Yeah. Like and subscribe. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's all. <laughs> <laughs>